0: Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids This Week. Today, I'm going to talk about a concern that came up in a parent community that I was a part of last week. And the parent was concerned that their child was no longer interested in using ASL or American Sign Language to communicate and wanted to know if this was okay and how to help their child. I can say with confidence that my own Kids with hearing loss change their minds a lot about how they want to use language to communicate with us. In this episode, we're going to talk about why taking a break from signing is not a problem for your child and what you can do to continue to support your child's language skills during this time. Let's get started. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to integrate language skills into your home but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and time management tips? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child. There were so many decisions and information overload big time. I lacked clarity and confidence and I yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered communication strategies to support our kids' language development, time management tips, and home systems that fit into our busy lives. And I can't wait to share them with you. So put down that to-do list for a fresh mug of coffee and let's get started. Did you know that I have a free community of women just like you? busy moms who want more ease and balance in their lives by creating effective communication systems for their families. In the community, we share tips for time management and support each other through hearing loss with our kids. Come join us at facebook.com groups slash Raising Deaf Kids. Hey, welcome back. So I want to start off this podcast with just letting you know that it is totally normal for kids to be well, kids, (laughs) and to change their minds a lot. But we often forget that kids are growing and developing humans, and they change their mind on things as they grow older. And communication preferences with kids who have hearing loss is no different. And, you know, we all know kids like to test out and try new things. And sometimes they are also testing out our willingness to keep the status quo. (laughs) So my first piece of advice to you is to keep calm, not wanting to participate in a certain language strategy or, you know, dropping a communication mode for a short amount of time is actually normal development for a child and it's likely not a problem for your child right now. Here are three ways that you can support your child's language skills during this time. So point number one, you could change how you approach learning and practicing ASL in your home. So my question is, and, and the thing that I want you to think about and consider is are you practicing and learning sign language in a way that is drawing your child's attention in a way that they think is fun or are you forcing them to learn? So by forcing them to learn, I mean, you're setting aside a specific time, you're sitting them down at the table and you're saying we're learning and practicing sign language at this time. Okay, that may not feel like forcing, but would you really want to do that? (laughs) Like, is that really a fun way to learn a language? You know, would you want someone to sit you down at a table and say, we're learning this thing right now? Okay. The reality is you can't force someone to communicate in a certain way and you, you cannot force a child to communicate in a certain way. But what you can do is you can make it more fun and more enticing for your child to want to practice and want to use it. And it's definitely true, you know, with all of us, even adults, if we don't take joy in something or take ownership of something or think something is fun, we don't really have the motivation to do it or to keep doing it. If we don't see like a reason for doing the thing, or if we don't at least have fun doing the thing, right? And kids are no different. In fact, kids are even more so like that, right? Kids need a reason that they're doing something or practicing something. They also need to have fun doing it because if they're not having fun and enjoying it, then they're just going to like move on to something else and you're not going to keep their attention. So instead of defining a time that we're going to just sit down and practice this language and that's how it goes and we have like very strict boundaries around that, why don't we make it a little more (laughs) loosey-goosey? Why don't we make it a little more fun for them? And what I want you to do, if that's what you're doing right now, I want you to stop and I want you to start integrating sign language into your daily routine with your kids and into the activities that they already enjoy or you're already doing as a family, right? So just start, you know, signing when they wake up in the morning, say, you know, sign hello, good morning. How are you? (laughs) You know, sign when they want the food, you know, sign them the food, you know, sign them Eat, sign them, you know, do you want food when they're eating? You know, if your child is playing with a certain toy or likes a certain activity, you know, sign about the activity and sign about the toys while you're playing with them. And that way you're actually getting more sign language into your child's day because you're practicing it in small intervals throughout the day. And it's in a more enjoyable, you know, fun way instead of just sitting at the table and saying, we're doing this at this time. And it's totally okay if that's what you are doing. You know, we do what we can. And then when we know better, we do better. And so, you know, for the this first point, I want you to see and think about how you're actually approaching the learning and practice. And if you are kind of defining a certain time, you actually don't need to do that. And that's not how kids learn the best, you know, so maybe that could be the change right there. You could just take this one point and change this up and you could see results from your child by just um, integrating it into your daily routine and making it more fun and more enjoyable for your child. So point number two is keep exposing your child to the language. So the way that we learn languages, adults and children, is by constant exposure to the language in our natural environment. Okay, let's say that again. We learn languages by constant exposure to the language in our natural environment, which is just what I said in point one, by developing the language while we're doing the regular activities of the day and while we're doing the activities that we enjoy. because if we structure the language practice around our daily routine, it also gives the language context and meaning to us. And it's not just words that we're putting in our head and spitting out it. There's actually like a reason in our brain, like why we're learning it. It's to, you know, go through our daily routine. It's to, you know, get communication from parents. But without that context in our natural routine, our natural environment, which is our home, it is just kind of like memorizing words is and spitting them back out and you don't really have a clear connection of why you're learning those words, okay? And also language learning takes time. And language learning has times of progress and times of processing, okay? Language learning takes time and has times of progress and times of processing. So language learning is also a multi-step process and you only see like a small part of that process because you see, you know, what the child or what like another person is producing. But I want you to think back on a time when you were trying to learn a second language, which is what your child is doing. They're learning a language, maybe even their second language. Um, you know, so think back if you never learned a language, maybe think back on that high school French class <laughs> or high school Spanish class, um, which actually has my heart because you know, fun fact, I started my career as a high school Spanish teacher. And and Spanish is my second language, it is not na- my native language. And so I know a lot about how to learn another language, because I did it and I taught high schoolers how to do it. Okay. And, you know, so I want you to think back to your high school French or high school Spanish or, you know, whatever class, whatever time you were trying to learn a second language and think about how tired you got (laughs) trying to learn that language. Okay. And think about everything that you were thinking about and trying to learn that language, right? You're thinking about the word that you're going to say. And, you know, at the time, if you're not fluent in the language and, you know, you're a beginner or even like a beginner intermediate, you're likely, you know, in your brain, translating, you know, your native language into the language that you're trying to learn. Okay, so you've got a translation process going on, you've got an understanding process, because you're trying to understand the other person, and then translate it into what they're saying into your native language, and then translate out of your native language into the new language you're learning. Do you, you see that You know, you may not have even realized that we're doing all this processing, but I'm sure that you realize that after a while of listening to a second language and trying to think about it and think about what you were going to say, your brain was tired and you might've even gotten a headache. Okay. Same thing with our kids. Okay. Our kids, when they're learning a language and they're incorporating these language strategies, it takes time and they're going to have times of progress and the times of processing, and they're going to have times when they're tired <laughs> of learning the language right now. And that's OK, because it is hard and there are multiple steps to this process that are going on in the brain that you don't see. So, you know, when you are learning and making progress in a language, You might all of a sudden stop the outward progress, which is like producing the language, because your brain is trying to process how to make the language make sense and trying to connect how this new language connects to your world and, you know, put context to what you're saying. And that is what is going on in the brain with your kid. So even if you don't see the outward progress, even if you don't see them, you know, making the signs right now. You can rest assured that their brain is processing how to make that language make sense and how to put context to the signs that they are learning. So what should you do during this time? Keep exposing them to sign language in a relaxed way with no pressure. Okay. You can continue signing to them and just know that they may or may not sign back. They may be processing it and it may be taking their brain some time to put it all together. And you can just keep signing to them in your daily routine. And eventually they will come, you know, back around. They'll have processed what they need to process. And, you know, they'll start signing to you again. Point number three, if your child actually has listening and spoken speech and they are a little bit older, they're old enough to have this conversation, then you might want to just ask them how they want to communicate. Okay, so have a conversation with your child and ask if they want to communicate fully in spoken speech or if they even want to use sign language right now and then honor the decision that they make. Okay, and, you know, the reason you want to do this is, you know, for kids who have cochlear implants and for kids who have hearing aids, you know, the language strategies are a little bit, there's a little bit of a gray area. Okay, because, you know, many children do have full access to language and sound, and they can use listening and spoken language is absolutely fine. If you want to incorporate American Sign Language into that as well, that's your choice as a family, you know, but know that your child might actually choose to use listening and spoken language and you know that is actually common for kids who are able to use listening as spoken language and who have full access to sound via cochlear implants or hearing aids or BAHAs, these kids will often drop using sign language because using listening as spoken language is actually becomes faster for them. And it's also likely the language of your family. So if you're here on the podcast, you are probably a hearing parent Of deaf kids, and so you have communicated your whole life, and the rest of your family probably communicates with listening and spoken language. And so this way, your child, that is how they're going to communicate with your family, and that is your family's native language, and that is okay, because here's the thing: kids want to communicate with you, and they want to do it in a way that is fastest and most efficient for them, and they also want to keep up with the language of the family. They don't want to feel left out of the conversations. I really want to reference, if you you want to have another episode about this, go back and listen to episode 12 of my podcast, where I had a great chat with Emily Segura, who was deaf from birth and she got cochlear implants. And she has a great story about how her family learned American Sign Language. And that was actually her first language. And they implemented that immediately when she was born or as soon as they found out about her hearing loss. And then, you know, they kept on with that. And then when she got her cochlear implants, they also incorporated listening as spoken language and then continued with the American Sign Language as well. And in the podcast, she talks about how she, as a child, made the decision around age nine or 10 and told her parents that she no longer wanted to use sign language, that she preferred to use listening as spoken language and that she didn't want to use it anymore. And, you know, in the podcast episode, she said that her parents were a little bummed about it <laughs> because they had gone through the process of learning it for her, but they respected her wishes and, you know, gave her the support that she needed. And, you know, Emily said that she dropped so for a while. And, you know, now as an adult, she is glad that she has both. And she actually kind of flip-flops between listening spoken language and ASL, depending on The environment that she's in, the people or friends who she's with, and how she's you know feeling that day, and how she can best like communicate in the you know certain environment that she's in. So go back and listen to that episode, episode twelve with Emily Segura. After this episode, it's fantastic. And what I really want to tell you is, it's okay if your child wants to put down sign language for a bit, and it's okay if they want to focus on listening and spoken language only right now. Okay. It's very normal for kids with hearing loss to use a combination of language strategies and they often go in and out of using them and having different preferences of different language strategies at different times. The best thing that you can do as a parent is just expose them to, you know, different type of language strategies, which is called total communication and just honor your child's wishes in the moment. So, kids with hearing loss have a unique place in the world because they communicate with a number of different language strategies over the course of a whole day. They might use one language to expressively communicate and another language to help them understand the information. And all of that is okay. You know, and it's also normal for you as a parent to be feeling frustrated right now, you know, because you maybe, you know, feel like sign language is something that you want your child to learn. But it comes down to the fact that you can't force someone to communicate in a way that they don't want to. And that is where I see parents making the mistake is that their child does have a communication mode, which is listening spoken language, their child is clearly telling them that they prefer to communicate in listening spoken language. And for some reason, the parents are really freaked out about stopping the American sign language. And I just want to tell you, American sign language is great. Also listening and spoken language is great. Okay. The, you know, the internet, social media really pits these against each other that it's like you're either. And, you know, when you work closely with parents, like I do, and when you talk with other professionals on the daily, like I do, who are also working with other parents, and, you know, and seeing what other kids do, and I see what my own, you know, kids with hearing loss do in my own house. Um, language strategies and communication is hardly ever linear, right? People use all different types of communication and language strategies every day, whether you have typical hearing or you have hearing loss, right? So that is so normal. Why? Why would a kid with hearing loss? just go with one when they can use, you know, a combination of both or all of it. And, you know, be able to communicate in different ways in different environments to suit their need. That just makes sense. So I want you to understand if you're feeling frustrated, it's okay to put down the American Sign Language, okay? And, you know, really communication is key. What I want you to look at is, are you able to communicate with your child in the house? You know, are you able to get across what you need to get across to your child without, you know, tantrums and frustration? If you are, then there's not a problem, okay? And what you can do right now for your kids is to change up the strategies that you're using to learn and practice ASL. You can keep signing to your kids even if they don't sign back. And you can have an honest conversation with your kids about how they actually prefer to communicate and then honor their wishes. And if you're having trouble defining language strategies for your child, And I want to invite you to join the Raising Deaf Kids Facebook community at facebook.com slash group slash Raising Deaf Kids. I really and truly believe that parents are the best support of each other when it comes to raising kids with hearing loss. And inside of our group, we have daily prompts where you can get to know each other, interact with each other, ask questions, find out information. And you're also welcome to submit your own questions inside the group, especially about using different language strategies with your child, because there's a lot to consider. (laughs) And, you know, every family is different and every child is different, truly. And I can't wait to see you inside the group so that we can help guide you in creating better language strategies for your kids. And I hope this episode today calms your soul a little bit and talked you off of a ledge today. Simply by being here and listening, you are doing a great job as a mom because you are learning and trying to find better ways to help your kid. And I'm so proud of your efforts. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'll see you next week on Thursday or this Thursday, this week, where I get a chance to chat with Felicia Sheline, who is a special needs parent coach. And we talk about navigating caregiver burnout and how to incorporate self-care into our week. And it's an episode you definitely don't want to miss. See you on Thursday. Hey, mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to do so you can love on your family today, and I'll meet you back on Thursday for another episode. Ciao, Mama.